From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. (laughs) But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. I am curious if I am the only one that this happens to. Have you ever had your kids ask you to do something or if they could have something when you were clearly busy or even like somewhere else in the house, and yet they were shouting for you, and your spouse or the other parent is sitting right next to them? This happens to me all the time with my kids, and my husband Aaron thinks it's absolutely hilarious. Then another situation happens where uh, maybe it's after church or a grocery store or even at the beach. As you guys are packing up, as a family is packing up or things are you're carrying stuff out of the church or into the house, you as the, as the parent are loaded up carrying as much as you can despite being other people there to carry stuff. My kids think it's amazing and they just like march on ahead and I'm like, oh guys, you have to help. But my Aaron, he just shakes his head and is like, come on, give me something. You can't carry everything. I don't know about you, but sometimes we become the go-to person. You're really good at anticipating other people's needs that don't see. You often take on more responsibilities than you probably should or that you, you know, is maybe helpful for you. And you want to ensure that everything is taken care of. This is me. I'm this way as well. But as time goes on, the weight of carrying everything or being responsible for everything or just being aware of everything gets really, really heavy. Back in episode 20, like almost a year ago, I spoke about compassion fatigue and how being a helper can erode your compassion for others and for yourself. Compassion fatigue is a real thing. And one of the signs is when that you're uh, growing in compassion fatigue is when you continuously pile on the responsibilities without consideration of how exhausted or worn out you are. You sacrifice yourself for the good of others. And if you are in that situation, or if you notice somebody else, I should say, if you notice someone else, like a friend was in a situation where they're carrying the load similar to that you are, you would be compassionate to them, encouraging them to take care of themselves. Uh, But when you look at your own situation and your own load that you're carrying, you spin your weariness into a negative about yourself. You, Rather than having self-compassion, you tell yourself things like you should be able to manage or you're not organized enough or you should work harder because people are depending on you. You need to carry a heavier load than everyone else. Many of us have been there, including myself, And I know that eventually that weight that you're carrying can become too much and you can spiral. When you're working in a care capacity or or when you're a helper, we tend to overextend. We give of our time, we give of our energy, and we sacrifice things like our lunches, our breaks, our family time, and our own well-being to serve others, not recognizing what, what is on our plate. In this episode, I want to share with you an exercise called What's on Your Plate. 
And this is a self-reflection exercise where you write down all the things that you are to do and what you're responsible for, your roles, jobs, responsibilities, the life needs, the issues that you're carrying, all, all of it. You write it out on the page, which actually has a dinner plate on it. And I find that when people take the time and are honest about everything that is on their plate or what they're responsible for, when they see it all written down in front of them, it can be really overwhelming or it could be really validating. Oh, that's why I'm so tired. But this exercise isn't to feel more stressed about all the responsibilities you have, but there are guided questions that lead you to consider what you can take off your plate and what you can reduce. This is a really hard exercise. It's really hard. The reflection's hard. And actually picking and choosing what it is that you need to take off your plate, it can be really difficult. You are a doer. You naturally see what the needs are and you feel compelled to meet them. You've grown a reputation for getting things done and you're the holder of all the information. Probably people have described you as the go-to person or someone that knows everything. And at times, this when this happens or when people describe you this way, it can feel like you're a superhero, that you're really serving. You're at the heart of the community. But other times, the weight is crippling. An early warning sign of compassion fatigue is taking on more than what you can reasonably handle, almost compulsively. You know you don't have any more time, and yet it's like an out-of-body experience where you can hear yourself volunteering to do more things or staying late or doing more when you know that you have so much on your plate. So with the goal of helping you, my fellow helper, to prevent burnout and compassion fatigue, let me share with you this exercise called What's on Your Plate. This is also, this is helpful for us personally, but it's also really helpful for supervision meetings. It's great to do on retreats with your team, or if you're finding too much on your plate and you don't know what to take off, like it's hard to figure out what can I delegate this is a really great tool. This is one of the exercises in the online course called Finding Hope and Helping. This is a course I created that is a self-guided online course specifically for ministry leaders who are struggling with burnout and compassion fatigue. So it's on the course Finding Hope and Helping, but I thought I would share it on here as well. As a pastor or a ministry leader, it can feel like you're being pulled in so many directions and your mind is constantly switching tasks. And it can be a lot. Actually, a thorough study was done on by the United Methodist Church on clergy effectiveness. And they identified that the major tasks and activities that make up the work of a pastor includes 13 different groups of tasks. And then they went in to find out what those tasks required, what competencies they required. And they identified that there are 64, 64 personal competencies that are required to actually fulfill the tasks that is expected of a pastor. And the study leader reported that it's almost inconceivable, like it's not even possible to imagine that a single person could be uniformly high in all 64 distinct knowledge areas, skills, abilities, and personal characteristics. So there is a reason, pastor, ministry leader, that you are feeling stretched, you're feeling challenged, you're feeling overwhelmed, is because there's so much expected from you. 
And the result is that leaders can often beat themselves up for not excelling at every part of the job, and you can feel like a failure. There's so much on your plate. There's this temptation to have all-or-nothing thinking, where if you can't be great at everything, then you must be a failure at everything. And that's just not true. Just because you're not good at one area doesn't mean you're a failure at your role or your function. And I want to share a scripture with you or a passage that really helped me reframe what it means to be a leader and to delegate and to, and to work in a team and not have such high expectations of myself. In Exodus 18, there's a story of Moses, and he's with the Israelites, and they have left Egypt. And they just went through a bunch of situations where Moses did some incredible miracles. There was the water and the rock. There was the Red Sea. There was manna from heaven. They defeated the Amalek people. Like there, Moses was well established as the leader, and the people clearly looked to him for all their basic needs, their, their food, their water, their shelter, their safety— all of these basic needs were met through Moses as a leader. And in chapter 18, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, was visiting, and, and he witnessed Moses also sitting as judge with people all around him from morning to evening. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes that's what it feels like. From the time we wake up to the time we our head hits the pillow at night again, we are uh, we are with people and helping people solve problems and deal with difficult issues. And, and so in this situation, Jethro asked Moses, what are you doing? What is it that you're doing for the people? Like, what is this all about? And me, Moses answered, because the people come to me. That's why I'm doing this. People are expecting this of me. Now, that's my interpretation of it, but it's because the people come to me. And Moses was sitting and judging the disputes of the people because they looked to him as leader. That was an expectation of his role. But Jethro's reply to Moses was absolutely amazing. So much wisdom. He said, what you're doing is not good. You and the people will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Jethro identifies that both Moses and the people are going to be worn out if they continue this, not because the job wasn't necessary, but because Moses was doing it alone. Jethro described that the job of hearing problems all day was too heavy. Moses, a man who was able to get water from a rock, bring the Israelis to freedom, was used by God miraculously, was not able to solve problems all day by himself. That was too heavy. And I think this is a Selah moment, because how often do we minimize the work and the effort and the impact of hearing suffering and disputes and problem solving and conflicts all day long? We minimize that thinking, oh, that's just one part of my job. I have so much other to do. And we're exhausted. So we're thinking, why are we tired? We should be able to do more. And we feel guilty about it. The work of hearing problems and finding solutions is so great that it was too heavy for Moses to do on his own. So Jethro goes on to instruct Moses to do three things. Represent the Israelites to God, warn them about the statutes of God, and number three, make known the way in which they should walk. And interestingly enough, this is exactly what Moses was doing before he sat as judge. That's what he was doing. But then he took on this other responsibility because the people expected that from him. And so Jethro introduced to Moses, uh, introduced the idea of delegating leadership roles for all the other tasks 
and then to just supervise those leaders. Jethro was the voice of wisdom to Moses and instructing him to do what God has called him to do and what was gifted, what was aligned with his giftings, not to what people expected from him. Jethro said, if you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all of these people will also go to their place in peace. Now, friend, you might be the only leader that people are looking to. You might be that go-to person or the one that everyone calls when they, you know, have a question. You might be the only people person that people feel that they can rely on to get it done. But God still doesn't want you to do alone. It is too much. That is too heavy of a burden. But it can be tempting to act alone because it's easier than teaching someone. It's it's this expectation that people have placed on you. Or maybe we think it defines success or accomplishment. If I get help or if I admit that I need help, that means I'm weak. In the chapters directly after this account of Jethro and Moses, Moses went to Mount Sinai. Number one, he was able to leave the people. He went to Mount Sinai. He put in place leadership roles and then sought God's face. And it was in that moment that he spoke directly to God face to face and received the Ten Commandments. Providing judgment and counsel and serving the people was noble and absolutely necessary work. The people all looked to Moses with their needs and their concerns, but it took wisdom It took obedience and it took discipline to discern what was appropriate for Moses to say yes to and what he was to delegate and build up other leaders to do. God gave Moses giftings and talents and set a call on his life. And when he stepped outside of that and when he became, he took on the expectations of others, the work became burdensome and the work became too heavy. Now, delegating responsibilities to others is really, really difficult, especially when people are looking to you as the leader. But it's not possible for you to do it all. Absolutely not. Like Jethro said, it is not good that you do it alone. You surely wear yourself out. And this is where the exercise, what's on your plate, comes from. And it goes beyond just listing your enormous list of responsibilities and to-dos. But it walks you through questions that will help you decide what is helpful to delegate to someone else and what might just need to be removed. Being a busy person has rewards. I can say that and attest that to myself because it fulfills this need to be needed. It's it's a great avoidance tactic. Hey, if you if you want to avoid thinking or doing something, you need to just get busy with something else. It works great. And the praise from other people feels good when someone says, wow, you are so dependable. You are so reliable. We always know that if we need something done, we can go to you. That actually feels really good. And you see your hard work. You see the fruit from your hard work. But there are costs, and those costs sometimes are your well-being, your life, your family, your relationship, your, your mental health and well-being. It's not—the it, cost is so, so great. And also, it's hard to say no and disappoint people. I actually have another podcast on that, actually, How to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. So we can check that out in the show notes. Often in ministry, there's this hustle culture. It has become the norm to never have enough time, money, or people to accomplish the work. There's this expectation that we always have to work extra hard, and we've normalized overextending ourselves. So pulling back to a reasonable level can feel selfish, and and maybe you might get external pressure to do more. 
So I think the what's on your plate activity is a great way to identify that you are already doing so, so much. You are human. You are limited. You are called to a specific purpose. And, and not to do everything. And that's, that's okay. I'm not called to do everything either. It just, makes us, it just makes us human. Saying no or delegating is not a sign of weakness or failure. It's actually a sign of great leadership. So I encourage you, my friend, if you are feeling weary, if you are feeling worn out, if you are feeling stretched beyond capacity, if you're feeling that the weight of being all things to all people is too great, then I encourage you to download the What's on Your Plate exercise and use it for yourself and maybe even make a copy and send it to your friend. I really hope this is helpful for you and brings you freedom. Thanks for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. And if you did enjoy, can you do me a favor? Would you mind writing a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're on? These reviews help other people find the podcast more easily. And uh, and it really helps recommend to others when people, uh, people read them. Believe me, they do. But I really appreciate you. I am so thankful for you. And uh, I am grateful that you connected and listened today. Thanks and take care.